welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. Isham invites you to log on, listen, and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Isham Nation, welcome to the Process This podcast. This is episode number 41. Thanks for joining me. Today on the show, we have a panel of folks talking to us about the potential name change for Isham. Now, if you haven't heard about this yet, the Board of Directors, as a part of their strategic initiatives, are proposing a potential name change for the organization. Now, some of those folks are here with me today to answer some frequently asked questions and really to dive a little bit deeper into this potential name change. But before we talk to them, did you know that the Isham Annual Conference and Expo is in October this year? So good news, you haven't missed it yet. And there is plenty of time to register, book your airfare, and book your hotel. Now, this year, the conference is all about great expectations. So here are five things that you can expect from the conference. One, educational opportunities. No matter how experienced you are in the sterile processing field, everyone can learn something. And the great thing about the conference is it exposes you to a variety of points of view, different ideas and trends that you may have missed, really things that can impact, you know, future results for your facility, for your patients. Conference offers over 16 hours of credit, you know, education, CEs to improve your technical skills. Number two, networking with peers. You know, the conference provides a great opportunity to network and really to collaborate. You know, it's a great way to approach networking. You know, we can all uh, work together to uncover ideas, you know, spark inspiration, you know, just interacting with your peers to hear the best practices and tips from other sterile processing professionals with similar challenges in the field. And then number three, encounter new vendors and suppliers. Discovering new products and services for your healthcare facility is necessary for the success of your department and the delivery of quality patient care. And the time has finally arrived for us to regroup, reconnect, and refresh. And this can happen at the Expo, the only Expo dedicated entirely to our profession. Now you would have thought that I have seen it all right? Uh, You know, I've been in the field for quite a while. You know, I've seen a lot. You know, there's always something new. There's always something on the expo floor that I haven't seen before, right? It never fails. So it's a great time. I love the expo part of the the conference. Then number four, position yourself as an expert. You know, when you are actively engaged in the conference, you bring a sense of enthusiasm and in-depth knowledge that you're able to bring back home to your team. There are 30-minute and 60-minute educational sessions available. You know, again, you're allowed to network with peers, 
reach out to speakers and suppliers just allows you as the attendee to return to your department with a greater confidence as a sterile processing professional. And then number five, and probably my, my most favorite, is have fun. Being in sterile processing should be rewarding. Never underestimate the power of a little fun mixed in with some interesting people who share a very significant common interest, helping others. You know, engage during the social events, tour the city of Columbus, make friends that could last a lifetime. You know, if you've never been to a conference, you know, it, it really is an exciting and it's a fun time. So join me in Columbus, either October 9th through the 11th or October 12th through the 14th. Let's learn something new. Let's see something innovative. And well, let's simply just have some fun. So join me in the profession that we love. So first, thank you guys for spending some of your time with us today on the show. It's great to have you. Let's start with some uh, brief introductions. Just tell us your name and, you know, really what you do for Isham. Joe, if you can go ahead and get us started. Josephine Kalachi, Director of Government Affairs for Isham. Everybody knows and calls me Joe. Uh, happy <laughs> to be here. Thanks for having me, John. My name is Monique Jump. I am a newest member of the board. Well, I, I guess I'm not so new anymore. It's been a year of COVID and we're doing great. But I am happy to serve on the board uh, and I'm happy to introduce our new initiatives. Hi, I am Marjorie Wall. I am the president-elect of Isham, and I'm excited to talk about this today as well, for sure. And hello, my name is Brian Reynolds. I'm the immediate past president, and I'm excited about talking about this. <clears throat> Great. So again, we're here to talk about the proposed name change. What led the board of directors, really the decision to potentially change the name of the organization? So this was a big deal. We came and met on this as a board a few years ago when we started building our strategic plan. And this name change is part of that larger initiative that does roll up into our strategic plan. The goal of that is to really provide some clarity and awareness of who we are and what we do. And it's not just for us, it's also doing this for lawmakers, regulators, media, healthcare administration and the public. We really want those key stakeholders to know who we are. The board felt strongly that this new name using healthcare and sterile processing that provides an immediate reference and understanding of who we are as an industry at our core. So we're really excited about it, but that's kind of the background on how um, we came to that decision to change the name. So I'm pretty sure that everyone out there has really their own idea of what the organizational name should be, right? So everybody has their own opinion. Why or how was the name Healthcare Sterile Processing Association selected? Well, I'll be glad to chime in on that 
<laughs> the, the board came together and we had a lot of ideas. We had a lot of names, a lot of great names, a lot of names that even some of our members probably would have desired greatly. But what we found is that a lot of names were already taken. Uh, a lot of the initials were already taken from other organizations or entities that we know nothing about. Uh, and as you all know, that sterile processing is not just procedure that's done in healthcare, it also exists outside of healthcare. So it exists in the world of pharmaceuticals, uh, manufacturing does sterile processing. And so it pretty much narrowed down to what is going to be the best fit for us as we tell our story of what we do and how we do it to keep patients safe. So it was a, it was a lot of grinding down into what can we legally do? And it put us in a very small box. And that box only yielded a, a few names that really represented who we are and what we do. So in the past two podcast episodes, I've made some really some silly comments and I've even poked fun at the current name Isham at times. But as my role as a clinical educator, you know, I've seen the industry, you know, it's really moved away from the term central services. For example, uh, the first line in the Amy ST79 2017 standards states, this document includes guidance for sterile processing. Now it's sterile processing, not central services, right? Our AON partners uh, use the term sterile processing. For example, in the 2021 instrument cleaning guideline, the second recommendation is titled sterile processing area not central service area. So for me, the, the name change really aligns with how other organizations already see us. Now, how do you feel about this proposed name change? Uh, and do you think it will help you personally or within your healthcare organization? Um, I, I think more so for the fact of when Joe goes in to do certain things, um, there were several different examples of when people spoke about what Isham is and what do we do when you try to explain to them the name of Isham by the time you get to the second or the third syllable no one knows and they don't care at that point so <laughs> I just think this gives us an opportunity to be able to say what we do and who we are and not have people you know lose focus on what we're trying to tell them when we're trying to explain such a large synonym of what we do and how we do it so I just think it's something that should have been done a long time ago and we finally got a chance to get around and doing it. So I think it's going to make it a little bit easier for Joe when she goes in and have to explain to um, those our constituents of what we do to try to make things better for us. So. Brian, you're spot on. I could not agree with what you're saying more. Um, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and one of the things we found as the board was working on this, um, there were a large number of focus groups and online analytics where we looked at what sterile processing um, means and how it's used in our profession and our professionals. And John, you're absolutely right. We are referred to as sterile processing. When we did that membership survey, we asked respondents what they called their department and the majority stated their department was called sterile processing. So we really believe that the name sterile processing speaks to who we are as an industry and it's going to better represent us, not just in those ways that Brian's talking about, but also in our own organizations, so that we're better able to advocate and speak for ourselves and who we are and identify as the professionals that we are.
which is a very different translation from Isham. You have to really drill down into what is that? What does it mean? When you say Healthcare Sterile Processing Association, you know exactly who you're talking about and what you're talking about. Yeah, that's a great point. Isham, there's a lot of terms in there, like I just said, like that central service. And then there's the term materials management. We're moving away from those terms. Can you kind of talk about the materials management part and why we're moving away from that? Well, I think in most situations um, with, with um, the materials management side of it, they've broken away from what we necessarily do. In most situations, material management deals with um, supplying the house with soft goods and things of that nature that you may need in order to do surgery. So it has mm-hmm. no bearance, nor does it have any replication to what we do as sterile processing technicians. So. The divide is something not that we created it, but it's just the industry in a whole is moving in another direction. So they're doing things completely different than what we do. I mean, I've worked in hospitals to where I've had to manage both and it's hard because I have a budget for one thing and then I have a budget for another. So I think the separation is good because it gives us an opportunity to stand out in what we do. Until Brian's point, it's not that we're completely separated. We're still gonna honor our uh, supply chain processes because we know that that's still a part of our work. However, um, to Brian's point, supply chain has a much larger scope when our niche is surgical services, our niche is procedures, where supplies go beyond procedures. They go to the patient that's just in the hospital just to be overseen, right? Every nick and cranny of the hospital has a supply, but not a sterile instrument set. So there is some separation that is going to be just natural, um, but we still will honor the fact that we are closely related to our uh, supply chain partners. I agree wholeheartedly. If we change the term international, if we go with this new proposed change of healthcare sterile processing association and, and international is removed from that, does that mean that we're no longer international? No. (laughs) <laughs> Simply because even when you go internationally, healthcare is still that that is synonymous regardless of where you go, what right. country you're in, or anything that you do. So technically, healthcare still encompasses international because wherever you go, it's the same. It's healthcare. <laughs> I mean, we 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 shortened it up and we took the international out, but it's still there. It's just in a different form and a different format of what we're used to seeing. Yeah. Let me tell you, John, you're asking these questions and these are the very things that sent us over the edge in our meeting. And we would have over and over, we would talk and talk and talk. And then what it boiled down to is we're doing healthcare, and the body is the body no matter where you go, right? We even at, at the last hour, at the last hour, we were considering a whole nother name change going back because we were overthinking when pretty much it's just simple as this is healthcare. We're keeping patients safe, but you know, our, our minds were all over the place. So it, it's it's drumming up some feelings in me that you asked me these and questions. Honestly, you know, we just had to to look at it with you know the kiss and keep it simple, Simon. So you oh, know, yes. overthinking it and adding so many other different things. And um, I think when it all came down to it, Susan did ask, "Well, what about the international part of it?" And, and um, I think it was you, Monique, who said, well, wait a minute, what are we? We are healthcare. So I, I just think we just had to keep it simple. And 
overthinking it. And I think that's probably why it took so long, because, again, we're trying to we're trying to make sure that we're including everybody in this process, which we are. But I just think we, we were just overthinking it. Brian, Monique, spot on. You guys are representing us and what we went through in this process so well. Um, I, I just want to be really clear, though. We're going to continue to represent the profession internationally. That mission, those goals, it's not changing. We're still going to maintain that same mission, those same goals. We're looking at changing the name of the organization, not products, services, and support that we provide. We're still going to be doing the same mission, the same goals. We're just going to have a better name that represents who we are professionally. Well said. <laughs> I think it's important to note that this isn't something that you guys just decided in an hour meeting uh, one day and now we're, ch you know, want to change our name. This is something that you guys worked a long time on. You know, you struggled with it. And Monique just said, you know, there were lots of factors involved. And I think it's great that, you know, you guys took your time out to discuss this and really put a lot of thought into it. We brought a lot of passion to those meetings. They were very long meetings. Very they so Brian brought up a good point uh, earlier, and it kind of leads me into my next question. Will a simplified name being ISHM, the International Association of Healthcare Central Service Materials Management, you know, if we change this to Healthcare Sterile Processing Association, will this help with the legislative efforts? Yes. <laughs> Here, here's how a day in the life when I meet with elected officials go. You know, thanks for meeting with us, Representative so-and-so. My name is Josephine Kalachi. I am Director of Government Affairs for the International Association of Healthcare Central Service Material Management. By the time I get to the end <laughs> of ISHM, they are laughing. <laughs> like, literally, and before I can even explain why we're there to meet with them, I spend about five to 10 minutes on questions. Why is your name so long? Why is material spelled with an E? Why is the word international in there? I waste time <laughs> with elected officials on our name. <laughs> and, and then to John, your point earlier on central service, uh, it does not describe what all of you guys do, right? So then I have to explain, you know, I like to refer to them as sterile processors. Yes. <laughs> because yes. that, that yes. explains it. But when I go to testify in front of legislative committees, I'm required to give my name, my title, and the name of the association. And I cannot use the acronym. So I have to date the entire name. And a lot of times when you're in these committee settings and the members that are listening to this that have lobbied with me and testified with me will laugh because they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, we'll, it, it will be my turn to testify and I'll be in, sitting in front of the legislative committee. And most of the time legislators are looking down and they're not paying attention and they're looking at their computer screen. And um, I start to give my name, my title and the association. And by the time I get to the end of ISHAM, They've now all looked up <laughs> and they are looking at me, not for good reasons. <laughs> so, uh, and so I will sometimes when I testify at the end, say, it's okay, you guys can laugh. I get it. 
Nice, nice. <laughs> try to clear the the air. But yes, John, I think it will help in describing what our members do to elected officials. I think I will not have to spend the five to 10 minutes that I do on why our name is what our name is. Um, so I think it will really, really benefit us. So if we do end up changing the name of the organization, why wouldn't we change the name of the credentialing? That's a great question. And no, we're not changing the name of the credential. <laughs> <laughs> because we have this in statute and it's very difficult to get laws into place. And so because those creden the credential, the CRCST is in statute, we would have to go back and change every single statute. And I actually made a couple phone calls to some of our lobbyists, like in New York, which is a really difficult state to pass legislation. Pennsylvania, which is another one, those two states pass 2% of the legislation that is introduced. 2% wow. of the legislation that's introduced. And so I said, hey, if we had to go back and amend this statute, you know, we're only changing the name of the credential. Could we do that? And it was a resounding hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so we will not be changing the name of the credential. <laughs> Would the new name have any effect on the processes for testing and renewing of those certifications? It, it's not going to change anything. It will remain the same. Um, updated documents will be sent out for the certification holders, but um, as far as for the testing, there's no change in any of that, and it still remains the same. So we're okay with that. Yeah, that was that was good, Joe. Thank you for shining the light on on that information because so many of our members are members and they are just siloed to just being their best professional selves. But there's a whole body of work that's done uh, in order to keep us relevant as an organization. And a part of that is some of our, our legal drives and initiatives. So I think that was really important to share with our members. Thank you. A potential name change can affect a lot of folks in, in a lot of different ways. So do you guys have a pulse on how the local chapters feel about the change? Yeah, um, we, we come up with an idea to yeah. give everybody a group of uh, chapter leaders to call. So we all had uh, a handful of people to call. And so we all we all got, uh, I would say, a very good feel. Uh, a lot of people are going to be sad to see that Isham go but they absolutely understand why a change is needed. Don't you guys feel that way? Yes. We did a massive amount of chapter outreach, um, absolutely. And a lot of the feedback that we got was, it's about time, thank goodness, yes, let's do it. Um, there, there really is a lot of excitement from the chapter reps that we did interact with when we were going through this process. There is some concerns about some of our chapters who have the word Isham in their name, um, and we are going to be working with those chapters to um, help support them through that process. But overall, it was a very positive response um, from the chapters and members that we did connect with um, while we were going through this process. I have it on good authority that the, the AORN organization uh, is really excited about this name change because the nurses will now be able to spell our organizational name. <laughs> can't spell it, right? So they're, they're pretty excited about it too, so. 
<laughs> so you guys have given us some great information really about this potential name change. So what are the next steps? What, what happens now? Um, pretty much, basically, um, we're going to have to put it out for vote. Um, once it goes out for voting, um, it will be able to be voted on from June the 22nd through July 12th. Um, at that particular point, we would need a two-thirds majority vote in order for the name change to be approved. And once it's approved, it will officially take effect as of January 1st of 2022. And I think what's important is that, you know, th this name change hasn't occurred, right? It's not a done deal. It's going to require the members to go vote, right? Correct. And so, like, like Brian said, June 22nd through the t July 12th, two-thirds of the members have to approve this name change. Yeah. Um, and we've been sending out a lot of things. Um, I know that, um, you know, some things have come out where people are saying, oh, well, why is Instagram sending so many emails? Actually, we haven't been sending so many emails. We've been sending the same amount, but I think it's just noticeable because we've been stuck in, in the house and just not being able to get out and about like we did before. But currently, we have been sending out that information. We've been making sure that we put it on all social media um, platforms so that everybody's aware that this is and that they're able to vote and, and, and have their vote heard. And actually, John, I just want to clarify one thing for those that are listening. So it requires two thirds of those that vote for it to be approved. So two thirds of the members that are voting is what is required for that name change to, to occur. And so also, since I am legislative and I am advocacy and I do deal with politics, I'm going to tell you, come on, guys. You got to get out there and vote. Your yes. your voice is only heard through your vote. So let's make yes. it happen. So that's that's two thirds of the the folks that vote, not the entire membership. Is that correct? That correct. is correct. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So go out and vote. That's that's extremely important. <laughs> well, thank you guys again for sharing with us. Thank you for giving us just a little bit more insight on the the how and the why behind this potential name change. Happy that Thank we you can for help. Having us here. Thank you so much for having us here. Thank you. Well, Joe, Brian, Monique, and Marjorie, thank you for speaking with us today. Folks, go out and vote. Be a part of moving this organization forward. So again, thank you guys. It was great to hear from you. Isham Nation, episode 41, is in the books. Thanks for listening to the show. To receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes or the Earn CE Now button and select the code HAVEFUN. Again, the code for this episode is HAVEFUN. Now, don't worry. When you enter your information, your email address, your Isham ID number, your CE will automatically be entered into your account within two to three business days. Remember, keep an ear out for the next episode always on the 1st and 15th of every month. Each episode's on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. As always, stay classy, Isham Nation, and we'll see you next time.